Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Today, I am talking about a topic that many of my readers have asked me to touch upon, and that is what your doctor isn't telling you about endometriosis and how to treat it naturally. Now let's first start by defining what endometriosis is and why it is still eluding doctors today when it comes to the appropriate diagnosis and treatment. See, endometriosis is not like other period problems. I would argue that it's not technically a hormonal condition at all, like PMS or PCOS. But before I define endometriosis and share what some of the current research has to say, I want to share a bit about the negligence that the healthcare system has had with diagnosing and treating endometriosis, because it's no wonder that thousands of women have had difficulty getting an endometriosis diagnosis. In many cases, women are simply not believed when they report pelvic pain. I had one such situation when I met a woman named Sarah about six months ago who came to me and told me it took her almost 12 years to get an official endometriosis diagnosis, and that was after over a dozen doctor's visits of her begging and pleading for them to look further into what was going on with her body. And at that point, it had gotten so severe that she had become infertile. Now, This is an important conversation to have because so often we hear about endometriosis, but even ourselves, we don't know what it is. So what is endometriosis? Well, endometriosis is best defined as an inflammatory disease. It occurs when endometrial implants comprised of tissue normally found within the uterus are present on areas outside of the uterus around the reproductive system. Most often, abdominal cavity around the ovaries, fallopian tubes, bladder, and bowel. As the tissue continues to thicken, break down, and respond to the menstrual cycle hormones and bleed during the menstrual cycle, endometriosis forms deep inside of the body. The result is pain, inflammation, and the formation of nodules, cysts, and scar tissue. In several cases, large masses called adhesions can even glue the organs of the pelvis together. The disease symptoms include pain before and during your menstrual cycle, fatigue, heavy bleeding, painful bowel movements, painful urination, and painful intercourse. About a third of the women with endometriosis are infertile, and more than half experience pain during sex. Some women with endometriosis have pain all of the time, no matter what, and the condition is said to contribute to over 80% of the chronic pelvic pain in women. On the other hand, some women don't exhibit any symptoms, only discovering the disease once they try to get pregnant and they're unable to. According to Maya Dunsenberry, the author of The Truth About How Bad Medicine Leave Women Dismissed, Misdiagnosed, and Sick, who I had on the podcast back on episode number 86. Definitely go listen to that episode if you want to learn more. But to officially get a diagnosis, you have to undergo a surgical procedure that identifies endometriosis lesions and tissue, which means that you have to convince your doctor that your symptoms are not just bad cramps, a challenge that proves to be all but impossible for many women today, including Sarah that I met about six months ago. In the U.S., on average, it takes about 
10 to 12 years between the onset of symptoms and getting an official diagnosis. And you can imagine how much damage could be done in over that decade of having that inflammatory endometrial tissue develop inside of the reproductive organs. Now, one study found that two-thirds of teens reported chronic pelvic pain that eventually go on to be diagnosed with endometriosis into their 20s. Now, this is partly due to the normalization of severe menstrual pain in medicine and in our culture, which in my opinion is absolutely shameful. We have normalized menstrual pain in such a way. Just because menstrual pain is common does not make it normal. But let's get back to the potential root cause of endometriosis. It's affected by hormones such as estrogen, Absolutely, yes. But fundamentally, endometriosis is an inflammatory disease and possibly an autoimmune disease. Conventional treatment has not yet caught up with the new research into endometriosis and immune system dysfunction. Hormonal suppression remains the primary treatment, which is unfortunate because it has a lot of side effects and it doesn't always work that well. As I've heard from many of the women who've reached out to me over the years, struggling with endometriosis, wishing and hoping for a better solution. Now, risk factors do include genetics and exposure to toxins such as pesticides and dioxins. The microbiome, known as your good bacteria, also play a role. For example, women with endometriosis have a high level of gram-negative bacteria and the bacterial toxin LPS in their pelvis, which has been shown to actively promote endometriosis and is now viewed by some research as a possible cause for endometriosis. Now, the autoimmune connection has been explored and in detail in a 2012 paper called, Is There an Association Between Autoimmunity and Endometriosis? After an extensive literature review, the authors concluded that endometriosis fulfills most of the classification criteria for an autoimmune disease, including blood markers of inflammatory cytokines and tissue-specific autoantibodies. They make the point that endometriosis frequently occurs with other autoimmune conditions, such as autoimmune Hajimoto's thyroiditis and inflammatory bowel disease. Regardless of how the tissue gets outside of the uterus in the first place, what really matters is how the immune system then responds. In a normal situation, the immune system stays calm. It doesn't react to the endometrial tissue. But in cases of endometriosis, something different happens. The immune system makes inflammatory cytokines and autoantibodies that inflame these lesions and promote their growth, further creating more inflammation. So now that you understand the complexity and the causes of endometriosis, and note that a lot of these causes or these new findings hasn't full-on been explored by the medical community because it takes about 10 to 15 years from something to be researched to actually get into bedside, basically into practice. But I want to talk about what we're doing right now, what is to typical conventional treatment, and then what we can be doing naturally. So let's first start with conventional treatment we see that surgical excision of the lesions is effective for both pain and fertility and is the gold standard for treatment today. Unfortunately, lesions tend to grow back within five years about 50% of the time, and that's why surgery is usually followed up by hormone suppression. Now, hormonal suppression with birth control or stronger drugs work by shutting down ovulation and inducing 
estrogen deficiency. Now, estrogen deficiency slows the growth of these lesions, but it does not cure the disease. As you can imagine, we're not getting to the core root of what's really going on. And estrogen and hormone suppression has many side effects, including depression, infertility, anxiety, bone loss, even cardiovascular disease. Now, the other thing that a lot of people are using is the Minera IUD, which works locally to suppress the uterine lining and endometriosis lesions. It is a preferable method of the hormone birth control because it does not shut down ovulation or cause estrogen deficiency. But what I wanted to talk about today was natural treatments of endometriosis. And I have a lot of things that I'm excited to share. Now, following natural treatments work because they improve immune function and reduce inflammation. They can be tried on their own, but sometimes on their own is not enough. Natural treatments can work best when they are used as an adjunctive treatment after surgery. It just really depends on the severity of the case and what is happening with your body. Here are some things to be thinking about. And again, these are a more functional approach when it comes to treating endometriosis. One, it's important to avoid dairy, even gluten and eggs. I would go so far as to say sugar as well. So gluten, dairy, sugar, and eggs are gonna be huge. And the reason for this is that we know that A1 casein, so dairy protein, and gluten disrupts the immune system function and stimulates the release of inflammatory cytokines. So does eggs and processed sugar. That's why the avoidance of these foods is an effective treatment for really any inflammatory disease in general, but for endometriosis specifically. When I'm thinking about my autoimmune disease, Hajimoto's thyroiditis, guess what is not in my diet? Gluten, eggs, dairy, and sugar. And there's some other things as well that I have to be mindful of, but when I look at what foods create inflammation in the body, those tend to be the big heavy hitters. And if the goal is to reduce inflammation, which is really what's driving the endometrial tissue, then it's important to remove the foods that are gonna be causing that in the first place. Now, one study showed that 75% of endometriosis sufferers improved after 12 months on a gluten-free diet. So there's a lot of research that shows also that reducing our amount of gluten and dairy and sugar decreases inflammatory markers. Another thing to consider is berberine, which has several anti-inflammatory actions. Not only does it repair intestinal permeability, which could be improving autoimmunity, right? So the immune system is not on auto attack. It neutralizes the bacteria toxins, LPS, but just note that you have to be mindful to not take berberine if you're pregnant or breastfeeding or to be cautious if you're combining it with other medications. Again, it's important to work with a functional doctor when you are looking to get on these supplements because you wanna make sure that it's working with your body and your needs. Another supplement that I love is gonna be N-acetylcysteine, NAC. It's a natural anti-inflammatory and it was wonderful for trials in endometriosis. Of 47 women on NAC treatment, 24 were able to cancel their surgery due to the disappearance of endometriosis, reduction in pain, or pregnancy. 
Next, a favorite, favorite anti-inflammatory that I love is turmeric. Now, it reduces the size and activity of endometriosis lesions. It works by reducing inflammatory proteins and by blocking estrogen-stimulating effect. It works best in a concentrated capsule or as an essential oil in a capsule or in a tablet, and it's safe for long-term use. As you can imagine, turmeric is such a power player, and it's very safe to use. It's also great for combating cancer. It's great for hormone support. It's great for supporting the liver and the thyroid. Next, we've got zinc. Now, zinc is a key anti-inflammatory nutrient that has been demonstrated to be deficient in endometriosis sufferers. Zinc repairs intestinal permeability, reducing autoimmune system reactions. It reduces prostaglandins and pain. Other things that I love are polyphenols, and we mentioned one of those polyphenols already, and that is turmeric. Other polyphenols that I love are going to be boswellia, is the resin of frankincense, matcha green tea, grapeseed extract. These are all great, and you can find a mix of polyphenol antioxidant blends probably at your nearest natural market. It's important also that you're taking activated B vitamins, you're taking antioxidants like liposomal glutathione, and getting those minerals like magnesium are going to be a huge, huge players for not only helping to support hormone function, but also reducing inflammation when it comes to endometrial tissue. Probiotics for helping to repair intestinal permeability. I also recommend a digestive enzyme with every single meal. So you're ensuring that you're actually breaking down the food, the minerals, the vitamins, all of that nutrients that we're leveraging it for our bodies. Other helpful treatments for endometriosis also include a selenium supplement. I love rosemary as well because it's anti-inflammatory. And you can do rosemary essential oil, and we're going to get to some essential oil blends in just a moment. Resveratrol, which is also a polyphenol. It should have been on my polyphenol list. Castor oil packs, which I'm going to talk about in conjunction with essential oils. And natural progesterone, which can definitely help to decrease the amount of estrogen that is modulating the endometrial tissue. So what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about the endometriosis essential oil recommendations. Now, these essential oil recommendations are not designed to treat endometriosis, but to manage those symptoms and to help create hormone balance in the body. So the first one I want to recommend is going to be one for menstrual cramps and ovarian cysts. It's a relief roller blend, and it also deals with endometrial pain. So in a 10 mil roller, you're going to take eight drops of clary sage six drops of frankincense, six drops of copaiba, and six drops of peppermint. You're gonna top that off with fractionated coconut oil and roll over the ovaries and the uterus, the whole pelvic area, which is about three inches below the belly button. So you wanna aim for the entire pelvic area because that way we can connect with wherever the endometrial tissue is located. Now, for endometriosis discomfort, I'm really excited to try this blend that I have been using on a lot of my readers and listeners. So I call it the endometriosis discomfort blend. And it's also a 10 mil roller. It is seven drops of frankincense, five drops of clary sage, five drops of cypress, four drops of geranium, and three drops of neroli that is optional if you don't have neroli touch, no worries, but I do love how neroli is such a great hormone balancing oil. You are going to top it off with fractionated coconut oil, roll on and apply this directly over the 
lower abdominal area, the ankle, and the pelvic area. Now, I also want to talk about some oils that are great for promoting circulation and dispersing reproductive stagnation. Endometriosis is worsened by poor circulation or stagnation in our reproductive area. So here are some of my favorite oils to turn to. Number one is ginger. Ginger is one of the strongest oils to promote circulation and dispersing stagnation in the reproductive or the digestive system. Ginger also helps with the gut mucosa and helps to ensure intestinal permeability. I love ginger for helping to support gut and inflammatory issues that are going on in the body. Next is rosemary. As I mentioned before, just a little bit ago, rosemary is a power player. It's not only great for healthy circulation, it's also great for its estrogen balancing activity, and it's a powerful anti-inflammatory, and it's great for gut health. The next one is gonna be cypress. Number three, so cypress is a tonic for the circulatory system. It encourages normal blood flow and helps release toxins from the body. Now, you can make up a little roller with all three of these oils. I would do five drops of each, top that off with fractionated coconut oil, and you can roll it over the abdominal area and well, actually over the entire abdominal area, upper abdominal where you have the stomach, small intestine, large intestine, and then the lower abdominal area where you've got the ovaries and the reproductive system. Next, I wanna talk about oils that can help support and improve hormone balance. Now, hormone imbalance can trigger and worsen endometriosis, especially estrogen dominance. So hormone balancing oils can be used to not only help create hormone synergy, but reduce the amount of inflammation that's going on. So here are my go-to oils. I'm gonna share one of my favorite blends in just a second. So the first one is clary sage. And as you know, if you listen to this podcast enough, or you listen to me on Instagram or wherever, you know that clary sage is like the Beyonce of hormone essential oils. It helps balance estrogen, it relaxes the nervous system, it helps to reduce stress levels, it calms PMS cramps, and great for mood swings. It's also a natural allergesic, so I really, really love it. Next is frankincense, and although frankincense has come up in a lot of the blends that I mentioned already, It's because not only is it great for helping to balance cortisol, it's great for helping reduce stress levels, it's also natural allergesic, it's a natural anti-inflammatory and supports and balances the immune system response. So frankincense is a big player here because it does a lot of things, it's very adaptive. And then the last oil that I love to talk about is going to be geranium. Geranium is not only an adaptogenic oil, it encourages the balance of hormones, it helps to support the liver in phase two liver detoxification, especially when it comes to estrogen, and it's phenomenal for boosting mood, and it also can help reduce inflammation in the reproductive system. So what I love, actually, majority of these oils are in my Superwoman blend, and so I'm going to just quickly share my Superwoman blend, which, by the way, you can find in Instagram or in my book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution. So that blend is a 10 mil roller. It is 12 drops of clary sage. 10 drops of lavender, five drops of geranium, five drops of cedarwood, and four drops of alang-alang. You top that off with fractionated coconut oil, and you can actually roll that over every single morning and night over the, the reproductive system, over the ovaries, which is three inches below the belly button. That will help to improve hormone balance because you've got a lot of those oils. The only oil, if you want to add in, you could do five drops of frankincense, but since you already have the endometriosis discomfort blend, 
and the ovarian cyst and menstrual cramps blend, I feel like you can absolutely just leave the frankincense out. Now, as you can imagine, when we're dealing with something like endometriosis, it can make us anxious, it can make us depressed, it can really mess with our mood. And it's because our hormones are inextricably connected to our neurotransmitters inside of the brain. So there are some great oils to reduce stress, reduce depression and anxiety, and you can diffuse these, you can put them topically in a roller, but here are my go-to beautiful mood and emotional support oils. Rose, so pure rose oil or rose touch. It's best for problems of the heart, grief and loss. It's also great for reducing inflammation. It's also great for calming the mind. Next is a langalang. A langalang is a heart-centered oil. Not only does it re- relax stress, it decreases the limbic system, so it actually lowers stress levels and lowers that HPA access response, the hypothalamic pituitary access, which when it's being upregulated, we've got more stress and we can create more hormonal imbalance. So I love a langalang. It also is a great libido booster and it's a great mood booster as well. And then we've got lavender. In lavender, you know, it's one of those oils that we all know so well. It has such great properties. It's a potent anti-inflammatory. Lavender oil is well known to fight stress reactions, promote better sleep, and relieve chronic pain. And when it comes to using essential oils, I wanna quickly talk about castor oil. The effects of castor oil can be easily enhanced by adding a few drops of essential oil to promote the healing of the reproductive system and boost our fertility naturally. Castor oil is known for its ability to increase circulation to the reproductive organs, promote detoxification, help the body break down adhesions, boost healthy immune system function, and reduce pain and inflammation. For these reasons, it's particularly useful for trying to use it naturally, specifically to reduce the inflammation and help to create hormone balance. So what I love to do with castor oil is I love to do like a teaspoon or a tablespoon of castor oil. I add a blend, or maybe I'm doing clary sage, lavender, cypress, maybe two or three drops of each oil. I apply that all over the lower abdominal region, about two to three inches below the belly button. And then I put a warm compress over that and let that sit either for 20 minutes or even up to overnight. And again, it helps to increase circulation, promote detoxification, and boost the healthy immune system function. You can also do castor oil packs for loving your liver, and you can do castor oil packs for loving the digestive system as well. For instance, I love a castor oil pack with ginger, fennel, cardamom and peppermint. I'll do one drop of each in about a tablespoon of castor oil and I will do a warm a compress over that over the night. So there's a lot of different ways to incorporate castor oil. If you get my book or you go to Instagram, my Love Your Liver blend is there as well. And I love for people to help decongest their liver with a castor oil pack. Because guess what? All of this is interconnected, right? Your liver is playing a role in metabolizing hormones. Your gut permeability is playing a role for increasing or decreasing decreasing autoimmunity. And as you can imagine, we got to just directly address the reproductive system head on when using wonderful tools like castor oil and essential oils. Now, another blend I want to share with you before I finish up is my detox endometriosis bath soak recipe. I think this is such an important 
technique in self-care that you can do a couple times a week. The dry goods that go into here are gonna be one cup of sea salt, two cups of Epsom salts. And if you feel like doing more Epsom salt, absolutely do it. And a half a cup of apple cider vinegar. Then the bath blend, the essential oil bath blend is gonna be five drops. And I like to combine them with the dry materials. So I mix up the five drops of cypress, five drops of frankincense, three drops of clary sage, and three drops of lavender. I mix all of those up, I add them to the dry ingredients, and then I add all of that into a pretty hot tub. And then I recommend soaking in that tub for about 20 minutes. Any longer than 20 to 25 minutes, you begin to reabsorb the toxins that you released, and then rinse the remaining salt off your body in the shower. So those are gonna be my favorite oils for an endo detox bath. We went over a lot of these oils already. Again, clary sage for balancing hormones, frankincense for reducing inflammation, lavender for helping cellular regeneration and scar tissue, cypress for the circulatory system, for increasing normal blood flow and helping to release toxins from the body. Also, cypress is great for the lymphatics along with frankincense. This is gonna be super important because we wanna make sure that our lymphatics are moving to take it to the next level, you could even dry brush before you get into the detox bath to really stimulate the lymphatics before you do that. So now that I've shared some very specific recommendations, supplements, and essential oil blends for naturally addressing endometriosis, I recognize that every single person, you are on your own wellness journey. Some things are gonna work better for you than it is for others. And I really want to implore, you know, looking into creating an autoimmune-based diet, an anti-inflammatory-based diet, and I want to also recommend, if you are looking to naturally address hormone symptoms, to check out my book, if you haven't already, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution. As you know, this book offers a step-by-step -step program to reset the body through focus and deliberate changes in daily self-care rituals, aided every step of the way by oils and powerful nutrition. In part three of the book, because I had been diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, I was very, very cognizant of creating a 14-day plan that reduced inflammation, specifically if women were dealing with an autoimmunity. So endometriosis can absolutely fall into that. That hormone rescue plan has recipes, it's self-care, movement, and essential oils to really help to nourish the body and help to bring that body back to balance. It was created for you. And we've had over 3,000 women complete the 14-day hormone rescue program with amazing transformational results. Now, I will have the link for the book in the show notes for episode number 108. That is today's episode. And if you would like to take a deeper dive into the book, I am currently in the middle of my summer book club. We just started it a couple weeks ago, and there is still time to join in. I am doing a deep dive, going through every chapter and answering questions on Instagram and Facebook Live. Now, if you wanna join, here's how to get the most out of the book club. One, look for a post a couple times a week about each chapter in the book. Watch out for my 
Instagram stories for a deeper dive and join the Instagram lives and the Facebook lives where I talk about the chapter and answer your questions. So I do hope I get to see you in the summer book club, not only to connect, but to also answer your questions so that you are feeling more and more supported on your hormone and women's health journey. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and listening into the Essentially You podcast. On the next episode, I am bringing on one of my closest and dearest friends, Melissa Catherine, to speak about how to tune in and trust your inner wisdom to heal your body and to live your best life. And let me tell you, this episode is going to be incredible, and it's such an important topic to connect into. I feel like for so many years, I wasn't trusting that inner wisdom, and I still struggle to do that. I'm really blessed to be surrounded by women like Melissa Catherine who helped to show me the way. But what I love about her is her actionable ease and grace into learning to listen to that inner wisdom because it's what we have when we connect into that divine feminine. So I am excited for you to tune into that episode. In the meantime, I hope this episode provided clarity around endometriosis along with some great recommendations. And I hope if there is someone in your life that could benefit from this episode, please share it with them. And until I see you next time, have a wonderful day. 